The night was dark velvet, and a harvest moon hung in the sky. The air was crisp with the feel of late autumn. Pumpkins sat on porches in the little town, and the happy anticipation of trick-or-treating could be felt in the air. But not for Beth. It was a sad time for her as she and her father climbed the small hill behind her house. He carried Beth's cat, carefully wrapped in a blanket. A little grave was waiting on the hill, for Smokey had died that day. Her father said, I dug a place for him right beside McDougal. McDougal was their dog who had been hit by a car two years before. He handed her the bundle and asked, Do you want me to go with you? No, I want to go by myself, she answered. Beth stopped at the top of the hill and knelt down beside the little grave. She carefully laid Smokey's blanket-wrapped form in the earth and covered it with dirt, placing a large stone on the top. Then she started to cry. Oh, Smokey, I'm going to miss you so much. Why did you have to die? She cradled her knees and rocked back and forth. It was his time to rejoin the mother, murmured a gentle voice. Who said that? Beth looked around but saw no one. Dying is just a part of the cycle of life, you know. Who said that? Who are you? Beth asked again. I'm a crone, said a bent little figure as she came into sight. This is a sad night for both of us, girl. I, too, came to this hill to bury a friend. The crone wiped a tear from her cheek. The chipmunk was very old. Still, it makes me sad. The chipmunk and I lived together for a long time, the crone said. We often talked to your cat when he was hunting up here on the hill. Smokey and I were great friends. I shall miss him, too. The little woman patted Smokey's grave gently. Then she dug a shallow hole, laid the chipmunk in it, and covered it up. Sleep well, my friends. When you are rested, we shall talk again. But, but they're dead, Beth said, her voice choked with tears. Child, this is Samhain. Don't you know the ancient secrets of this time of year? The crone motioned for Beth to come and sit beside her. It is true that our friends have gone into a world where we can no longer touch them. Ah, but the mother has given us other ways of communicating with them. We can do this any time, but it's easiest on Samhain. I don't understand. How can we do this? Beth asked. And why does Samhain make it easier? At this time of year, the crone answered, the veil between this world and the world of souls and spirits is very thin. If we're quiet and listen, we can hear our loved ones, and they can hear us. We talk, oh, not with spoken words, but with the heart and the mind. But that's just wishful thinking, isn't it? Beth looked down at Smokey's grave. Like 
when I think I can hear McDougal come into my room at night like he used to? Well, sometimes it is, but mostly it's not our imagination. Our friends come to see us, but in their spirit bodies. The crone reached out her hand and waved at something Beth couldn't see. Like, like my friend the raven. He's here now. Beth looked hard and saw a shape in the distance. I've seen something like that before, at the foot of my bed, right where McDougal used to sleep. I thought I was dreaming, she whispered. The crone smiled. Close your eyes and think of McDougal. He's been waiting a long time for you to see him. Beth closed her eyes and at once the shape of her little dog came into her mind. She felt a wave of love come from him, and she sent her love back. Can I do this with Smokey? she asked. Um, not yet, the crone answered. He needs to sleep a while and rest. Then he will come to you. Smokey needs time to adjust to his new world, and you need time to grieve for him. It is this way with all creatures, not just animals. The crone stood up and held out a hand to Beth. Will you join me, girl? Although I buried my friend Chipmunk this night, I still must dance and sing to all my friends and ancestors on the other side, for this is the time to honor those who've crossed over. Beth joined the crone in an ancient dance around the top of the little hill in the moonlight. She watched quietly while the crone called out words to the four directions, words Beth couldn't understand. Deep in her heart, the girl felt the power of the strange words and knew they were given in honor and in love. When the crone was finished with her ritual, she hugged Beth. Go in peace, child, she said, and remember what I've told you about the ancient secret of Samhain. I won't forget, Beth answered. Uh, will I ever see you again? Whenever the moon is full, I will be here, the crone said, and especially on Samhain. I wish I had something to give you, Beth said. You've taught me so much. She felt her eyes grow damp again. Let us exchange tears for our lost friends. The crone reached out a finger and caught a tear as it fell from Beth's eye. Then she reached up and caught one of her own tears as it slid down her weathered cheek and gave it to Beth. Remember the secret of Samhain and remember me, the crone said softly as she disappeared into the darkness. Beth walked down the hill. Her father was waiting for her. Are you all right? Her father asked as he gave Beth a hug. I will be, she answered. Um, did you find something? Her father asked. You are not going to believe this, Beth said. She opened her hand and showed him the crystal she held. It's a crone tear! Then her father reached into his pocket 
and pulled out a small bag. He opened it and took out a crystal. He smiled and said, I met her too when I was a little boy. The end. So again, thank you all for coming to our annual Halloween celebration. Thank you for indulging a little bit of fun in this morning. Now, in our culture, Halloween has turned into yet another of those consumer-driven holidays. The candy industry, scary movie producers, and those who make costumes certainly benefit from our annual obsession with the macabre. And even a surface-level engagement in Halloween allows us to enjoy some innocent, scary fun and tons of mass-produced chocolate. But there is a reason for the season, as it were. And as people of faith, we are indeed called to explore, if only briefly, the implications of this time and these symbols. It is not coincidence that the Aztecs, the Greeks, European pagans, and Christians all identified this time as sacred, all equated with death and rebirth, and a time to recognize our ancestors. It is a time of thin space between this world and the world unseen, when we might be slightly more connected to those who have gone before us, if only we just take the time to be present. And remember that these times exist whether or not we understand them, and the metaphor for this truth works regardless of the symbolism. If our understanding of separation between this realm and the realm of the other is a veil, then it is slightly lifted right now. If our metaphysical model involves a river, as in Greek mythology, then at this time the river itself between the land of the living and the land of the deceased is shallower and easier to navigate. And it is not hard to feel this time, this midpoint of autumn, that point between the equinox and the winter solstice, is again the time of transition. If the equinox is the balance of light and dark, cool and heat, then Samhain is the tipping point at which darkness and cold air take hold. It is the end of the growing season and the beginning of the long, cold time. Frigid rain and bitter temperatures across our area this last week are a harsh reminder of things to come and proof of the sad fact that the nicest weather of the year may in fact be behind us now. But in this, the Day of the Dead and Samhain and the time of Hades and Persephone's marriage are all apt metaphors for what is happening in the natural world. The triumph of the cold and the dark which compels us to bundle up hunkered down and brace ourselves for the quickly approaching winter. But it also offers us the opportunity to experience the richness of the life cycle. Watching those leaves turn from green to gold, crisp, 
and then fall. Yet all the while knowing that the tree from which they came may still live for centuries after this year's foliage drops. Seeing the last of this area's crops harvested, leaving bare fields that will eventually yet again be filled with buds and blossoms, and knowing in our hearts that though our own lives be finite, might life itself continue through countless reiterations. So it is indeed a time of fun and games and costumes and candy, but it is also an opportunity to pause and reflect, celebrate and mourn the passings of lives as in the seasons. So as we celebrate this Halloween, draw your loved ones close. Pause to remember and celebrate those who have gone before and rest in the knowledge that the spring will come again and life will continue on. Happy Halloween, everyone. Blessed be and amen.